0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the
1: official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You know how everything seems like a good idea after you've had a few.
2: Don't tell our railway
1: station. Mm. That's this show. Riding in
2: my car. And I'm listening to the radio. It's time for Dukes and Bell. Oh, someone told me it's the Black Beverly Hills. Is that true? Driving
1: in Atlanta just got a whole lot more bearable. Welcome
2: to the
3: party, pal. Hi, everybody. Carl Dukes and Mike Bell. The names would mean goodness.
2: Say my name, you know who I am. Carl, Carl Dukes. Dukes.
1: I drink
4: and I know things. Oh, don't question my authority, things. King Kong ain't got on me. Sometimes you just gotta call somebody, and I'm not ashamed to say it.
3: You know, ah! And Mike Bell. Now funny how, I mean funny, like I'm a clown, I amuse
2: you. Won't you guess my name. Bring a picture of beer every seven minutes till somebody passes out, and then bring one every ten minutes, right? Get ready for the best five hours of your life. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, stuff. Don't believe me, just what? This
1: is Dukes and Bell. Brought to you by
2: Finley Roofing. We've got you covered. Atlanta's most trusted and recommended roofer. You know
3: what? Why don't we start doing the stuff that other guys have done on other radio shows around the country? No. No. no!
4: On Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Hey! Atlanta, what's going on? It's Dukes and Bell on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We start off every day and every hour by saying, hey, man, man. happy Friday, everybody, and the search is over. You know, if you were listening to us yesterday, and you should have been, that Raheem Morris is the new head football coach of our Atlanta Falcons. But Mike, as we get this day started, it is literally less than 24 hours since its announcement was made. Um, There are some, not all, and I think a majority of the folks who are football fans and care about this Falcon football team understand this is a good hire. But we do have to address the negative. And the negative is there is some pushback as to why would we go hire Raheem Morris. I don't understand. He was here. Raheem, in a statement from the Falcons last night, said, I'm overjoyed for the opportunity for me and my family to return to Atlanta. I know firsthand what a first-class organization Atlanta is and what this team means to the city and the fans,
3: Mike. Right, and he gets it. Look, he's a high-energy guy. Players love this dude. You, you heard all the po- folks around the league from guys that haven't even played with Raheem Morris. And one guy hit me up on Twitter today and said, man, it sounds like – might be pretty good for free agency. You know, we always talk about, oh, guys don't want to come here, which guys do if the money's right and the vibe is right. Jesse Page did. And I think certainly you just nailed it. So more guys coming in here, I think it's that's never been an issue, but some guys perceive it. And the other thing is, because he was part of that uh, 2020 team, I guess is for some guys there's that little, eh, uh, you know, there's that patina of, oh, this guy can't get it done. But then he didn't have his guys. This will be his crew. That year, as soon as we announced Dirk Cutter, I'm like, oh, this is good. Familiar with Matt Ryan. Carl's like, this is going to suck. And it did. And Dirk Cutter, talking about losing your fastball. There's a perfect example of it <laughs> with Dirk Cutter. So this now we can pick and choose his own guys. The only thing is I went back and I looked at the 2009 to 2011 Bucks experience. Yeah. And I, I remember Josh Freeman from Kansas State. Guy had like a head like a basketball. <laughs> big noggin. Big noggin, yeah. And, uh, and big arm. And that dude threw like, I mean, he had like a great, is 20, the year they went, uh, 10 wins in 2010 monster season touchdowns to picks was insane like 26 and 5 looked great and then went completely the other way the last year his oc for that time was a guy named greg olson yeah the other greg, greg olson. olson yeah not the title. and so yeah i, I don't know maybe, unless he was too young and again learning experience belichick certainly learned on the job at cleveland and got it right in new england so maybe second time around raheem he's got it let's let's
4: go back and revisit this for second atlanta When the decision was made to fire Dan Quinn and Raheem Moore steps in as the interim coach, we were listening to you guys. Now, I know many of you have short memories because it's sports. But what you were telling us at that particular time was regardless of what happens that season, everybody needed to go. Right. We needed a clean slate. You don't remember that, dude? That's you? what the audience was saying. Like, you, you don't remember that, <laughs> dude? we were standing here. That was the vibe. Okay. Blow, Blow it up. So Correct. So Raheem takes over in a situation where anybody in their right mind, listen, he had been a head coach. He was the guy in the building that you knew if something went wrong, they were going to go to, and they did. And he did a terrific job with what he had. But to Mike's point, this is now going to be his staff, his decisions on quarterback, his decisions on defensive coordinator, etc. But at that time, if you want to judge him on solely that moment, remember that most of you were saying everybody's got to go. Right. Because you were tired of DQ and you were tired of this whole thing that was going on and it didn't matter who was here, needed, we needed a clean slate. And they did that. In the meantime, this guy left and went and won a <laughs> Super Bowl as a defensive coordinator with the Rams and did a hell of a job. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you hear what Les C- Sneed, who's the general manager with the Rams, had to say about this and other people around the league. I don't have to convince you. I've said this today about seven different times to people. What's going to have you embrace Raheem Morris is winning, just like it would with any other head coach. But let's not act as if, like, oh, well, he had his chance. He was here. No, it really wasn't his chance. He stepped in, and he did the best job he could, but the notion from the fan base was we want something different, and then we went and got it. Right. Now, I do know, and, and you
3: and I, I'm going to be playing the role of devil's advocate today. because there is, there is a lot of folks out there, and I saw it today on social media. Saw it at the gym today. Told Carl before the show started, my boy Terry, who's APD, comes up to me, what the hell's with this? <laughs> this guy was an interim. <laughs> he had his shot. He couldn't get it in 20. Next guy comes up to me. I friggin' love it. I love the fact that he and, he and Terry Fano are going to be working together. We're going to get the quarterback. We're on our way. So the only thing I will say is the process. The way the process played out, and look. The funny thing is, Carl just touched on it. If we win 10 games or 11 next year and we go to the playoffs, no one's going to remember how we pick the coach. Who cares? But right now, because there's nothing else going on, you're looking at it and saying, man, we interviewed 14 swinging blanks, and we, had, we just had slow, we got it out at this house, all the way to come full circle to the dude who could have had the job in 2021. What, that's what further reinforces in the minds of some fans, I air got quotes, I the dysfunction you. of the organization.
4: But you and I know this, and this is what we're telling right. you, and a devil's advocate is great because there are both sides to this as we right. talk to d- different people and fans about this. But, but they weren't going to hire him in 21. No. You just laid it out. Nobody, they weren't going to hire him. Want, everybody wanted a clean break. And if you didn't, you're not remembering how that went down. So this is – and I, the, the reason why I love this is is because Raheem went and proved himself somewhere else. Sometimes you got to go elsewhere and prove yourself. And he did that again, okay, and everybody I've talked to around the league, and this goes back three years now. Right. When he left here, people were like, Raheem Moore should be a head coach. He didn't get that shot in Atlanta, but he should be a head coach. And so he does whatever he's doing there in in L.A., Mike, and he's doing a great job. But I said this to Mike yesterday, and I'll share this with you guys now. You know, I said to Mike, he was going to get hired somewhere, I thought, in this coaching cycle. Mm -hmm. Then we find out, I found out today, Washington really wanted Raheem Morris. Right. They're waiting on Ben Johnson because they have another interview scheduled, but they really wanted Raheem Morris. And I'm like, they did? That was completely out of the realm of what I had heard. But apparently, Mike, that also played into the Falcons going, we need to move and we need to move now.
3: Right. And, guys, the timeline, we've been on it every day, and everything is funny because I know Andy Randy always joke, dang it, Dukes and Bell have it. Yes, everything (laughs) breaks on our program. It's kind of the way it rolls. Sorry about this. When you're on for five hours, you got a good shot, something's going to happen. But the thing about Bill Belichick –
4: What's the phrase you use,
3: Dukes and Bill? We're news breaks. We're news, news breaks. We pick up the pieces. <laughs> so we're serving it up, baby. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Belichick and, – and I know Steak talked about it on the Steakhouse, and we were talking about it yesterday. You know, a lot of folks in the organization looked at Belichick and said, this is like Hurricane Bill coming in. Whatever you think about wh- whether we have been dysfunctional or we haven't had the right way of doing things, Bill is going to blow up everything you know. And if you feel comfortable with that, and it, the thing is, he's not fifty, and he's going to be here for ten years and rewrite the the way of doing business, he's going to be here for a drive-by. And if you don't get the quarterback, right, you're going to be back, actually scorched earth, you'll be back with even less than zero. So some people got Arthur off the ledge, I believe, as we talked about last week, and that's good. And then the, the funniest part of all of this is we had that wacky press conference two weeks ago where all the people's roles are defined, and Rich became, well, I'm not involved today. I just make sure the buses are there, and I don't do it. And then all of a sudden you find out, oh, by the way, Rich is no longer involved in the day-to-day of football operations. He'll oversee soccer. It is the biggest
4: part of this aftermath of hiring the head coach that's really important, I think, to most Falcon fans. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And this news was in a press release last night as the Falcons were talking about Raheem. And, you know, it's one of those things. Many many of us in the media, we've seen hundreds of press releases, hundreds of thousands of right. them over the years. Right. And you just kind of look at them and go, oh, yeah, they're announcing this. <laughs> Your eyes just gloss over it. Yes, but there was this this little paragraph that, that basically said Terry Fontenot and head coach Raheem Morris will now report to Falcons owner Arthur Blank. And we had <laughs> – What? because that is not how this has been not CEO Rich McKay as it continued to read as it had been in years past so then it defined what Rich is going to be doing as with the you know Atlanta right. Atlanta United but that was like a wow moment and and as i said last night mike i'm glad that they are defining this because i think it's important more importantly as we talked about you know i said you have never been marginalized if you don't know what it's like and for Terry Fontenot, the perception, whether it was real or not, that was the perception. Let Terry Fontenot do the job. Let him be the general manager. And and for me, I said this: you just hired your first black general manager in franchise history, right. and the perception is you've marginalized him, and he's just somebody in the building, not not doing the job. Right. This clarifies a little bit, and I hope this is accurate. Everything that we're reading and saying. But, Mike, this allows him to do his job and Raheem Morris to do his. Right. And I
3: know for some fans out there, we got we got folks, and I know we live in a very jaded time where people are skeptical, skeptical about things. And then there's the other side of it where people believe everything they hear from an organization is the gospel truth. And there's a lot of gray area, guys. Uh, Rich is an attorney. I'm not saying he was fibbing, but, I mean, I think he's involved. And if you think that Rich is not going to have any involvement or any kind of Q&A about what's going on with the football operations, I don't think that's the case. I think Arthur Blank, who has always understood this market, always understood the marketing of the team, realizes that Rich McKay's name is mud to a good majority of our Falcon fan base. And so even if it's window dressing, he's letting everybody know this guy is out because I get it. You don't want to hear about Rich McKay. 404-726-0929.
4: It is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. What's the pushback? We have to give people a chance, as we've done time and time again in our wonderful city. We are going to give Raheem Morris, and I said to you guys, it didn't matter who this was. Pivot, and let's get on board. Let's now get ready to ride and find out where this thing is going to take us. And we got a guy who's got connections all over the league. Put the
3: staff together. We talked about that he wants. This is going to be a different situation, guys. So I know for some, and we'll
4: walk you through it, man. Because I get the pushback in some cases, but hey, man, die is cast as you said. Let's rock! All right, guys, we got plenty to talk about today. We're live at State Farm tonight. Mavs, Hawks. uh, We'll get an update with Trey situation. Steve Coonan's going to join us live here. But coming up next, Brian McFadden, NFL analyst, host of All Things Covered podcast. He works for CBS. Does he like this hire, and why? Happy Friday, everybody. It's Dukes and Bell live from State Farm Arena. Uh, we are talking plenty about our new head coach, Raheem Morris, with you at 404-726-0929. Follow us, by the way. He's Mike Bell, ATL. I'm at put him up C-Dukes, and this radio show, Dukes and Bell 929. Follow the radio station at 929 The Game. Let's bring in our man, Brian McFadden. All Things Covered is the podcast. It's amazing. And, of course, he's a NFL analyst for CBS. All right, Mac. Your thoughts on this hire? Uh, I think a lot of guys yesterday around the league respect Raheem and we're putting things out there about him and, and what kind of individual he is. We know because he was here. What do you think about this hire?
5: I love the hire. Uh, you know, speaking with you guys over the last few weeks, you know, of course, you know, my number one guy was Coach hallball and the Chargers did the best thing they can p- possibly do and not allow him to leave from that second interview without getting him to become their head coach, which was which was smart. But outside of that, you know, I know we've heard about the ideal of Bill Belichick potentially being the head coach for the Atlanta Falcons. As I mentioned with you guys also, I wasn't really high on that. And if you're telling me you can get a guy like Raheem Morris um, to come back to Atlanta, that understands the organization, that has a good relationship with the owner already, understands the fan base, understands the city, not to mention coming from where he's coming from, you know, one thing that I'm starting to realize about the game of football in the National Football League, guys, Sean McVay's a coach. He can coach. He can coach football. He was born to coach football. And outside of Brandon Staley, it's safe to say everything that has came from his coaching tree has been successful. Right. Matt LaFleur, Kevin O'Connell, Zach Taylor, these are guys that have excelled in a head coaching opportunity, and I believe Raheem Morris can do the same.
3: I like it. I know that uh, players love this guy, Brian. You're hearing think from guys either in the game right now or guys like you that are retired just love this dude's energy. I mean, I get it. He was so young, one of the youngest hires in NFL history back in the day with the Bucs, which before, you know, they won the Super Bowls, they were pretty known for dysfunction as well. How much? Did, how much does the coach evolve over over his time over his career?
5: Uh, it, it, a coach e- evolves just like we do in life. You know, as you get older, you get wiser. That's how it's supposed to be. Now, we might have a few of those that don't really reach that pinnacle, but that's the the usual concept in regards to being a coach, especially a head coach. When you receive that title. Too early, it's hard to really showcase who you can be as a head coach. Because one thing I know about the head coaching job, you have to be a leader of men. And it takes time to understand that role, not just during the season, but off season as well. And the thing that I like about Raheem Morris, he took his bumps and bruises, as you mentioned down in Tampa, he didn't wa- He didn't waver. He stayed the course, he stayed motivated, and he continued to show that he could be a heck of a ball coach. And when you talk about having the backing of players, former players, current players, you instantly gain the locker room when you have that respect. Because if you talk about trying to get a group of men to buy into everything that you're selling them week in and week out, if they don't respect you, they're not going to buy in. I don't care if it's on a clearance rack respect will make players buy into what you're saying. And when you talk about some of the successful coaches in the National Football League, they all respect their head coaches.
4: B, do you think Belich- Belichick coaches this year?
5: I don't think so. I, I, I don't think so. I, and here's why. Number one, he's 72, right? How many more years does he have left in the tank to be a motivated coach to win ball games? Number number two, for me, is he coaching because he still has the love to coach the game, or is he coaching to try to get the record for most wins? I think he's, what, 18 wins away, right? 15. Um, yeah, 15, bro. F- 15, you know, two decent years, and he would have that record. So those are things that I would be concerned with with Belichick, and then lastly, I mean, the last two years, let's keep it real. We, Belichick was at best a middle, middle tier, at best, a middle tier coach in the National Football League. And I'm not saying that to take anything away from his resume, but y'all, y'all guys know how it is. The NFL it's not, about, it's not a resume profession, right? The NFL is a professional league that's all about what are you doing for me right now? It's a right-now business. And right now, he's not a good coach. For whatever reason, the last few years, he hasn't been a good coach
3: is our man brian mcfadden guys former super bowl winner with the steelers talking about the coaching search so real quick the the, the dynamic of the general manager we really like the job he did with the free agents we're not really sure how the process worked out of some of the draft picks with arthur you know smith maybe be involved brian but what do you think they're going to do quarterback wise do you think we entertain the fields thing or do you think i mean are we going to go for a quick fix or are we going to go for the draft
5: well before i answer that question the, the the first thing that I love about hiring Raheem was that we heard that Rich McKay was no longer involved in football operations. I felt like oh, yes. that was a disconnect when you talk about having Rich McKay kind of involved and kind of being the middle person between Terry and Arthur Smith and then Arthur Blank. So that was the first plus outside of hiring Raheem, the organization was able to add to what they're doing moving forward in the future. So I like that Raheem and Terry Fontenot directly will be. Talking to the owner, that's important. Now, to answer your question, Mike, we got to – Atlanta, either two things for me. This this is what I would do. Yes, I would entertain the thought about Justin Fields. I think Chicago is going to move on from Justin Fields. I think they're going to use their first overall selection on Caleb Williams or a quarterback, ideally Caleb Williams. I think they're going to move on. If that's the case, we got to see what it costs. If you can't go that route, what about Kirk Cousins? If Kirk Cousins is healthy, I think he's a guy that can come into your organization and give you two quality years of football to kind of keep you afloat, especially in a lukewarm division. And then you still can utilize some of your resources to draft the up-and-coming quarter of the future. But that's what I would do. And I, I, I think both scenarios is a win-win for Atlanta, because outside of what, if you factor in who Justin Fields is and his potential, not to mention what Kirk Cousins has done when healthy, both guys are a better option than what, you had, what Atlanta has had in the last two years.
4: Brian McFadden, our guest, guys. Podcast is called All Things Covered, CBS, NFL, Analyst. Let's talk about the games this weekend, AFC, NFC Championship games. Um, Lamar gets Mark Andrews back. He is off the IR as they get ready for the Chiefs. Who do you like in this game and why?
5: Okay, so you guys know how, how I rock and roll, you know, having me on every, every Friday. I'm always looking to try to earn a buck, right? So I'm going to give you who I like based on the spreads. I'm okay. taking Kansas City receiving three and a half, and here's why. Just from the betting trends that I follow and that I've studied, one thing I know about Pat Mahomes, he's not an underdog too often. He's not an often, often underdog in his professional career. But when he's been an underdog, guy, Prior to last week's win, he was 8-3 straight up, 9-1-1 ATS as an underdog. For you guys that are listening to me, that are not too familiar about the betting language terminology, ATS means against the spread. I repeat, 8-3 straight up as an underdog, 9-1-1 ATS as an underdog. Long story short, the very few times in his career when he's been an underdog, he's covered the spread. So I gotta I gotta follow that trend. I think straight straight up, outright, just win the ball game. I like Baltimore to win because I think they're the better team. I do. But you talk about when it comes to the spread, I gotta take Pat Mahomes getting three and a half. And based on those trends that I just gave you, I can't I can't defer from that.
3: All right, they got a great field goal kicker. Maybe it's going to come down to the Ravens winning on a field goal, but you still win your bet, Brian McFadden. The uh, the other game, and this is where it's funny, man. <laughs> this week, I look, he looked like crap for much of the game, but Brock Purdy's taking more hits than a pinata. What's your take on this dude? Is he going to redeem himself, or is he going to continue to struggle against Detroit?
5: Yeah, Mike, Carl, what's up, man? What's up with all this Brock Purdy slander, man? I, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't. People keep saying, well, he has this around him. Well, they only ask him to do this. Last time I checked, every great quarterback that we've all watched throughout our life, they've always had something good around them to rely on as well. Like, stop doing Brock like that. And I feel like this, guys, and and I'll answer your question. I think if Brock Purdy was a first-rounder or second-rounder playing the way he's been playing in his career thus far, he would not receive the criticism that he's been receiving. I think yeah, people I, feel some type of way because he's a, yeah. what, he was a Mr. Irrelevant, the last right. pick of the draft, his draft, and what he's doing is like, well, he, he's not this, he's not that. Man, Brock Purdy is more than a serviceable quarterback. You can call him a game manager. This guy wins ball games. So to answer your question, I think we see a better Brock Purdy than what we saw in totality last week. I think the conditions last week, the rain, played a part in him not looking like many people feel like he should look. But get this, though. In the more critical moments of that ball game last week, he showed up. He made plays. That drive, he made plays, and I think he was six or seven on that last drive that they needed to score that winning touchdown, and he stood up in the paint. That's what you want your quarterback to do. So the Brock Pur- Purdy slander, man, got, got to stop, man. Let man play ball.
4: Uh, is this a close game with the Lions, though? Before we let you go, is it closer than what people oh. expect? It's a seven-point game.
5: Right? <laughs> hey, Up hey, on, one thing about old books. Mac and Mac. Hey, one thing about old Mac. I don't mind sharing the wealth, man. Because if I win, we all win. So my take on this game right here, betting wise, listeners. I'm trying to put some money, some money in your pocket, some good legal money, right? I'm taking Detroit. What's the points? And I'll say this, like I said in the first matchup, I think San Francisco will, will win outright. But I'm taking Detroit with the points, and here's why. One thing about Jared Goff that no one is really talking about when it comes to gambling and when it comes to betting, Jared Goff has been the, the last three years, guys. I, I got some numbers for you. The last three years, Jared Goff is 34-16 ATS. That's a 68% winning percentage. The last three years, he's been the best in the National Football League the last three years in covering the spread. He's been winning 68% of the times against the spread. So just from the last three years alone, if someone was betting on Jared Goff, you're up. You're nowhere close to being even. You're up right now 18% based on what he's done. I got to follow that trend. Man, my uncle told me, man, even though he's a little intoxicated at that time, he said, Listen, nephew, when it started betting on these ball games, the trend is your friend. You better follow that trend. Never go the opposite direction. Follow the trend. So I got to follow that trend as well.
3: All right. By the way, Ravens 7-11 uh, and 11 against the spread as far as overs, Carl. They go under. The Ravens go under more than they go over,
5: 44-and-a-half. That, hey, 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 that defense <sighs> right. is hell out there for Baltimore, man. McDonald's mm-hmm. done a phenomenal job, especially at home with his defense.
4: Great stuff. B, appreciate you. Enjoy the games. We will talk to you next week. We'll know who's going to the Super Bowl, and uh, hopefully all these coaching hires will be done. we got two more teams that need to figure it out, but the Falcons have their guy. Brian McFadden, appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. Sweet. Coming up, we're going to let you hear what Les need the general manager of the Rams, said about Raheem Morris. Headlines are coming up on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. at State Farm Arena. Hanging out tonight, it is our man Trey uh, Young and the Hawks. Hopefully Trey's playing tonight, Mike. We don't have an update as of right now. Steve Coon is going to join us live here a little bit later. Come on, it's a Trey Luka battle. It's I our hope, only
3: Trey Luka battle
4: of the year, unless you're going to fly to Dallas. To, I mean, you got to see this. you got to be. I agree, man. Uh, we're talking a lot about Raheem Morris. Thanks to Brian McFadden for stopping by, talking about the games this weekend. We'll give you our picks coming up a little bit later on. But Mike and I were just talking about, you know, the two teams remaining right now that haven't made their decisions uh seattle and and washington and those are the only two jobs that are remaining which is why i asked brian Drake do, does he think that belichick is going to end up getting one of these jobs right i do not think he's going to either i think now he's on the outside looking in mike yeah it's
3: funny i just saw bill simmons who i, I love reading bill simmons though i don't agree with everything he says but he did a rant about how could how could the falcons not hire bill belichick again Nobody else is talking to him unless the commander is pulling about face. Mm. And he was one of the the teams that some guys were saying, well, his dad coached at Annapolis, and that's close to Washington. Well, that's great logic. I mean, it's stupid. I mean, it is. You know, I mean, the new ownership group wants fresh ideas. They're not going to go old school. They just had Ron Rivera, which is old school. And they just hired a new general manager. So, I mean, to me, you know, you look around the the landscape, and I, I hit back on Bill Simmons. I said, look, you know, three other teams haven't hired him. To the two remaining, aren't going to. Seattle's not going to go after Pete Carroll to Bill Belichick. So, come on. There's teams out there that don't want to do. Why are we. 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 Only reason we went the far down the road is because of Arthur Blank's
4: fixation with the organization, the Patriot Way, all that stuff. That's I it. I agree. That's. And the other part of this is, regardless of where he goes, um, you know, I don't think the, the the Washington Commanders, or for that matter, the Seattle Seahawks, want one person in command of all of this. I just don't. That, uh, we said this. A lot of these organizations right. do not
3: operate that way. They went through that with Mike Holmgren back in the day. It did get him to the Super Bowl, but they lost it to the Steelers. The nickname about Holmgren with his ego was the big show. Say, t- t- Tell the folks what's going on here behind
4: the scenes. Well, bro. we're shoe freaks, and Greg Street just pulled up. From people to, through the people station. He has a TNT literally. It's a Charles. It's Kenny. It's Ernie. This is right. a, a dope sneaker from Nike that they just – I'm I'm in awe because yeah I'm a sneakerhead so he just he just handed me the box to let me check it out so I thought it was a gift I thought you know He's Greg was sweet. handing them to
3: you wow and the possession is nine tenths the law yeah if and only these are now yours. If, if, if only yeah. but those
4: are so sweet man right so Greg's down here with V one hundred three we're down here at State Farm but bro that was a tight Uh but but Mike I want our listeners to hear Les Snead real quick about Raheem Morris talking about his impact during the Super Bowl run and I know late last night we were talking about this and. You know, guys are like, yeah, but he had these players. Part of being a great coach is you don't screw it up. Part of being great is you make the guys who are great better with either scheme or the way that you coach them up or the players you put around them. Here's Les Snead, the general manager of the Rams, talking about Raheem.
1: What he did for us during the Super Bowl run, calling the defense in some of those games, that speaks for itself. I do think if you're looking for a coach this year, what he did with our defense uh, and how they evolved. And how even when they were taking on water in some games during the uh, first halves, the adjustments that were made at halftime and just also just psychologically calming everyone down. That, okay. It's going to be all right. And we played some unbelievable second halves with.
4: He's right. Um, and, and again, it's been a few years since that run. But I get back to it was the defense on the field to finish that game right. against Joe Burrow and company who got the stop to ultimately win the Super Bowl. And look, I get it, we've talked about a lot of
3: folks saying, "Well, yeah, man, you got Aaron." Yeah, I get it, Jalen Ramsey at the time, and you know, and, and Aaron Donald. But you still got to utilize the guys. How many guys in the NFL have had some of these great teams that don't do that? So I mean, right. I'm like, I'm just, and I, I am still. Getting my head around the hire, I understand the positives of it, and you're hearing all the good things. And now the, the important thing is, you, if you if you're spending too much time fixating on what he did here, this wasn't his team. It was a Dan Quinn team. He he had he had his job was the defense. Go back and look at the uh, 2020, Carl. I did during the commercial break. There's a lot of like one possession games. Oh yeah. I mean, and and the defense. I looked at the numbers. The year that we moved on from Quinn and Dimitrov that was back in October 11th after Week Five. We lost, and then we lost five games to start. Falcons points allowed was 19th in the league at 25.9, 16th in points scored 24.8. So that's basically, you know, extrapolate that over 16 weeks back then, and there's your margin. We were in games. We just weren't finishing. Some of that was injury-related. Some of that was scheme. A lot of dumb stuff from Dirk Cutter that didn't work. Yep. Remember Todd Gurley? It's like, look, I may have one good knee, but I can still get in the friggin' end zone.
4: <laughs> yeah, I need to give him the but ball. That was a year that,
3: that Todd, Todd Gurley couldn't stop falling in the end zone. Yeah. Remember the game against Detroit, which is kind of a metaphor for the 2020
4: season. But that's not – Raheem was trying to make lemonade out of the lemons. That's the way I could swing it. Less need also talking about – how he is coached on both sides of the ball. And I, again, you know, we don't expect you to know all of this, but I think this is a big positive. When you have a guy that understands both the offense and defensive sides, this is Les Snead, the general manager of the Rams.
1: He's coaching the defensive room. He's actually coached in an offensive room. I and mean, whether he was a mentee learning, whether he was partnering with people, whether he was mentoring and leading others, you know, those great Tampa defenses, that great uh, Atlanta offense that nearly pulled off a Super Bowl win. I mean, he was in the offensive room. He was in those defensive rooms. So there, there's not many coaches uh, on the planet, right, who's been in both of those rooms on those two sides of the ball. He's gonna, he's gonna build a. He's gonna give any organization an edge, and just how collaborative he is, it's gonna be, it's gonna be an edge that uh, most teams aren't gonna be able to compete with.
4: That's a ringing endorsement. Right. It really is. Right. Uh, headlines brought to you by our friends at ATL Live Well. Don't just live, live well. It's Dukes and Bell talking about Raheem Morris, and this is just some of the responses from people that know him intimately and very well. Uh, the Rams organization, that's their general manager. Now, Mike, he was here many, many years ago and Les need, but he's created and carved out his own niche, and now he's a Super Bowl-winning general manager. So, you know, again, I'll take his word for what Raheem was doing for his team and how he operated. And I think, you know, again, we all grow. And and what you saw from his first attempt to be a head coach when he was, what, 30-something years old? 32. So when he's now 47, I can't compare that.
3: No, and I look back, as I said to you to start the show, Remember, who remembers Josh Freeman? Now, again, <laughs> I don't know what happened. He, he had amazing stats. You look at it today, it's like he had numbers like Baker Mayfield had his second season in Tampa, and then everything went out the window. So I don't know. Again, he hired Greg Olson. That was his offensive coordinator as a young guy. And then that guy bounced around the league after that so subsequently I, I don't know. I can't explain it all. I know that the the Glazers then cut bait, and that's all she wrote. But the dude was part of our seventeen defense. Him and Marquand Manuel to yep. Les Snead's point. That's right. We held the Rams and the Eagles, guys. The twenty eight freaking points. That was the year. That that's why some people don't remember. Seventeen was a team that could have gone to the Super Bowl if they didn't. If they and now, Carl, you bring Matt Lafleur in as OC. Uh, it's a different different trajectory. But all guys are fixating on it, and I'm guilty as charged of the twenty looking at twenty twenty and saying, look, he had a long sample size. He had eleven games to prove to Arthur Blank he deserved to be the coach. But as Carl brought up, nobody wanted to hear that. Everybody wanted a clean slate. You were done with Dan Quinn and the slogans and Dirk Carter's offense.
4: You wanted everything out the window, and that's what happened. That's what happened. Four oh four seven two six oh nine two nine. We'll let you hear what Mike Tomlin had to say about Raheem Morris. Also, uh, what, what John, uh, or not John Hart, but, but Arthur Blank, should I say, talking about Raheem as well, more on the hiring of the new head coach for the, uh, for the Falcons. One thing we do want to mention in our headline segment, all-star voting came out. We're talking about the NBA all-star game. And Trey was not voted in as a starter. Now, understand, there are three voting groups that determine the starters. It's fans, 50%. NBA players, 25%. Media twenty five percent. Right. So the NBA players and the media basically make up the other fifty percent. Trey in the Eastern Conference, and we're just talking about guards, okay? Point guards, Gu- guards. Tyrese Halliburton one across the board. Players ranked him one. Fans ranked him one. He was the highest vote getter, and then of course the media ranked him one. Then you had Dame Lillard, you had Jalen Brunson. And then you had Trey Young. And I, I could never put Jalen Brunson over Trey. Come on, man. No way. But no, how much of that is
3: the, is the volume of the Knicks fans voting because it's a bigger market? Does that have any play in that? More guys are
4: Knicks fans than they are Hawks fans in the world? So, Trey, here's the crazy thing about this. And, and again, regardless of what you think, he's averaging 27 and 11. 27 points, 11, right. 11 assists on a night in, night out basis. Now, he's missed the last two games because it's cut concussion protocol. But, Mike, Trey was sixth in the player rank. Second in the fan voting behind Tyrese Halliburton, mm-hmm. okay, which is why we thought he would be a starter, and then sixth in the media rank. How? How, Sway? What? What right. are they watching? Well, I, this gets back to: is it
3: Atlanta itis? Is it they don't like Trey? I don't. I don't get it. I, I just don't understand it. Because look, I'm, I'm sorry, Jalen Brunson is a hell of a player. He is not Trey Young, not even close. And Dame Lillard doesn't play a lick of defense. We know that. If you, want to, if you want to make the argument about Trey's lack of defense, come on. We all know what this guy is about. I think it's just, unfortunately, it's, I think
4: it's the stigma of being on a really bad basketball team. I think you're right, Mike. And, and And part of this is, too, you're watching him or you're not because the team is not great right now. Right. And you're going, okay, how good is Trey Young? Well, he's pretty damn good on a bad team right now. Right. That's really what we're talking about um Tyrese Halliburton the Pacers are a shocker this year they're one of the top teams in the east I get it Dame Lillard went and joined uh you know Giannis Antetokounmpo they're a really good team I understand that I just I have a hard time saying if you're a media member that's ranking these guys or at least has a vote sixth he's the yeah. sixth
3: best guard that's because the Hawks Come on. Are, that's because the Hawks are on the verge if we're lucky of the play-in game you know we're like the ten. With a ten in the east, so that's that's where it's at. And look at tonight you're on TNT against Luca. Hopefully, Trey will go and can show people why they should. And I know that his. But this is the thing, real quick. I know we got to catch a break. You hope that this doesn't get on Trey year after year, and then says, "I can't be the guy I need to be in Atlanta," as far as what I think I should be. And I think a lot of folks out there would agree with him,
4: Coming unless up. they fix it. They got to fix it. They got to fix it. Coming up, NFL Blitz is on the way. Uh, Debo practiced on Thursday. We'll get you caught up on the games for the weekend. And also, Dave Canales gets a, a what? How long is this deal for Dave Canales, as the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers? We'll talk about it next.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?